Thank you for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Pass It On by Bishop Herbert Bailey. In so many ways, amen. Let's go to the Word of God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow afterward, but let's go to the Word of God. Uh, I want to try to use my time wisely today. Uh, I had some points I wanted to get to yesterday. I didn't get to any of them. I just kind of introduced the message. I'm not even going to tell you how many points I'm supposed to give you, because if I tell you that, you're going to be counting one way or the other, either you're going to be counting and saying, ain't no way he's going to get to all those today. Or you're going to be saying, he didn't give them to us. So I'm not going to, I'll get as far as we can go. Second Timothy, the first chapter. Second Timothy 1 and verse 5. Apostle Paul, as a spiritual father, is addressing his son. Do y'all ever realize when y'all are reading the word of God specifically, Specifically, the New Testament and specifically the epistles. And epistle is just a word that means letters. So we are reading letters. We are reading someone else's mail. I don't know if you ever thought about that. And the truth of the matter is some of these letters, they were never, it's not like Paul's like, I'm going to write this letter here because one day I want to, be able to write a third of the New Testament. That's not what he had in mind. He's just writing letters to his, to the churches that he had birthed and founded. He's writing letters, in this case to Timothy, to an individual. And we're getting the benefit. You catch this. We're getting the benefit from a spiritual father who loved his son And in this case of Timothy, who was his premier, preeminent, preferred son. We find that out also because he mentions Timothy in Philippians and said, I have, I got a lot of sons, but I have nobody else like him. He said, because all men seek their own. Wow. He got all these, he got all these spiritual sons. Including Titus, wrote him a letter too. Uh, and he says, I have nobody like him, but all seek their own. Seek their own, basically a way of saying, the rest of these folks are selfish. Come on, if I say everybody just seeking their own, what am I saying? I'm saying you're selfish. He said, everybody else is selfish. He said, except Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know if I send him, he's going to naturally care for your state. And not for what he can get out of it. You know, boy, this is not going to be for the benefit of anybody in the room. It's for the benefit of somebody watching online. My wife and I, I'm not going to mention your name, but my wife and I, we are just amazed. I don't mean harm y'all. At at people who charge their pastor. Uh Uh-oh. I just went too far. It amazes us. We were, I said to my 
cousin, Pastor Wade. I said, can you imagine, can you imagine someone saying to your grandmother who started church, mother, I'm going to do something such that I'd, I'm, this is how much it costs for this. I don't want to point at anybody, so whatever. This is how much it costs for me to do your nails, Pastor. I know I'm messing with y'all. Some people don't understand the benefit of blessing somebody, particularly somebody who's blessed. Somebody who has a certain grace on their life. Y'all heard me say last night, right? Y'all heard me say last night that there's a church in the city who was doing such and such a thing. And I said, I need to tap into that because they're going where I want to go. It's known that we're building right now a $15 million church. People are going to do it. Okay, I'm, y'all, I'm, all, I'm out here now. Let me show you something. I ain't got to, I told you, boy. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Go to Hebrews, the seventh chapter. God show you that. Now, now, what I'm teaching you right here is a kingdom principle. And remember, Jesus told his disciples, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And remember, mystery is not something that is not known. It means it was a secret, but it's been revealed. So once it's been revealed, it's no longer a secret. Once something's revealed and we understand this, and one of the principles I talked to you yesterday is that the secret thing belongs to the Lord, but, but once it's revealed, it belongs to us and to our children. He was, now, I didn't always understand this. There are people who don't understand that when you need something, you need to find somebody who don't need that. To sow into them. I, I learned to practice this in little things years ago before I fully had scripture for it. Okay? Okay, I gave an example yesterday. Pastor said, I send my, ch- my child to college debt free. I said, that's what I want to do. Let me sow into that grace that's on your life. Right? It used to, people used to think in order to give to somebody, they need to look broke. Well, well we want you know, and we don't do this at our church. We don't generally receive. It has to be a real special move of God for God to really speak to me. We see speakers often because, you know, we just bless people before preach even gets up. I, before they even come out here, I've already blessed them. And based upon how they preach, I already honor the fact that I asked them to be here. When you learn to honor people, you'll be honored. Okay? Hebrews 7. Okay? Now, Hebrews, most people believe is Paul. Some people think it may have been Paul's. But the author of Hebrews is writing to Hebrew Christians, and he keeps connecting the Old Testament and the patriarchs whom they knew and respected and connecting them to Jesus as the Messiah is the goal of the book of Hebrews. And so here, the person whom the Jews or Hebrews esteemed greater than anyone. It was a couple of people, but the first one, of course, was Abraham. 
another was Moses. Remember, remember when Jesus said who he was? They said, they said, you greater than our father Moses? And Jesus said, oh, please, before Moses was, I am. They, they, that messed them up. The other person they highly esteemed, of course, was Abraham, the father of the faith. The one who the, was the progenitor of the Jewish people. So with that thought in mind, the writer of Hebrews is saying here in Hebrews, the seventh chapter, talking about Melchizedek. He said, verse two, Melchizedek, who was a, well, first, he's a priest of the most high, king of Salem, priest of the most high. Um, saying he, he's really going to lead them down the path that he, he represented Jesus. He said, verse 2, to whom Abraham, to whom Abraham gave the tenth of all. To whom who? Abraham. But he's saying even Abraham gave the tithe or the tenth to Melchizedek. First being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that king of Salem, which is king of peace. Verse 3, this Melchizedek without father or mother, Again, showing how he represents Jesus. Without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. The word was in the beginning with God. Showing connect with Jesus. Having neither days nor neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God. About a priest continually. He said, Now I'm telling you. This dude, Melchizedek, was somebody. He said, now, consider how great this man was. He said, I know y'all think Abraham was great. He said, but you got to consider how great that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. They're like, greater than Abraham? He said, oh, yeah, this guy, Melchizedek, he had it going on. Consider how great this man was. Unto whom even as great as Abraham was, he gave the tenth of the spoils to him. He says as great as Abraham was, he found somebody greater than him to sow into. Oh, come on. I, see, I know, I know a lot of us, we think we great. And some people get so great, they think they are the greatest. You Muhammad Ali. You the greatest of all time. You go around calling yourself the goat. But even the goat might have to drop out of the Olympics. He said, look, as great, the greatest patriarch of all time, Abraham found somebody greater than him. Very, very five, verse 5 said, Now verily, they that are sons of Levi, remember I told you all that yesterday, Abraham and his son, they that are the sons of the Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes or receive tithes, because you can take people money and get in trouble. To receive tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. Verse 6, But he, this guy, Melchizedek, Got ties, and he wasn't even from the lineage. Remember, he had neither beginning nor days. He had neither father nor mother. But he who's descended is not counted from them, received tithes of or from Abraham. And blessed, 
him that had the promises. Abraham already had a promise on the life from Genesis 12. I blessed them that blessed you, cursed them, cursed you. You all nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he said he already had the promises. He said, but, but Abraham gave Melchizedek tithes, and then Melchizedek blessed him who already had promises on his life. Verse 7, here we go. Here's the principle. It's so small, most people miss it. You know, the Bible will give us stories and all these details and then throw in the principle. A lot of people miss the principle. They get caught up in the story and they lose the revelation with the illustration. <laughs> Paul says, I mean, right here says, don't lose the revelation with the illustration. Here's the revelation, verse 7. Read it with me. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. He said, you can't stop this. Without any contradiction in every situation, in every endeavor, in every business, the less is blessed of the better. So if you really want to be blessed, you need to find the better. Because as good as you are, there's somebody better. As great as you are, there's somebody greater. Okay, that's why the Bible says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, Who's going to give you your own? And a lot of people miss this principle. So they look for somebody less than to call himself blessing. Or to just, now please understand, Lord Jesus. I'm like, what am I supposed to be preaching about? People look for somebody less than to bless. Just to make them feel better about themselves. Well, I, well, I'll give you if you if you got need, but I'm not going to give you. You don't have need because if I give you, you got need, then I can feel like I did something for you. So, well, um, so again, what I've got to say earlier, back in the day when when they used to receive speakers often in church, they would let you know, <laughs> you know, they would let you know all the needs that the pastor has. Or the preacher has, so you can give more money. Now, you want to give me not to give? Tell me how broke he is. And I know I will get no harvest from this. Okay? So you say you don't get a harvest from blessing people with need? Sure, you bless people with need. Here's the promise when you bless those with need He that giveth to the poor. Lend it to the Lord. And what he's given, God will repay. Pastor Barry? I ain't calling you poor, but don't lose revelation with the illustration. So for the sake of this, he's representing the poor. I see the man look like he need a cloth mask. He can only afford a paper mask. And I know, I know a cloth mask and get one for $5. And, and I give him, say, now go and get yourself, young, young man, get yourself a mask. And then because I do that, God said, I'll make sure you never miss that $5. I'll make sure that you always have $5 because you bless the poor with $5. He that giveth to the poor lendeth to the Lord. When you lend, you get back what you pay. God didn't say nothing about interest. 
you get back what you gave. And a lot of people never get harvest in their life and increase because they only give to need. And you stay at the same level because you only give to need. If you want to go to another level, you got to get over here in Hebrews 7 and 5. Or Hebrews 7 and 7. And without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. So in order for me to move beyond need, I got to find somebody who has no need. And I give to them so that anointing of no need can come on my life and I will have no needs. Without, without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. I have a whole teaching I've done on this called call, uh, um, blessing the blessed. A lot of people only want to bless the poor. So when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. But if you want increase, you have to find somebody who has an anointing, a grace on their life for the area you want to increase in. Let me say that again. If you want increase, you find someone who has that blessing on their life, that grace on their life. And you sow into that or connect with them in some way to get that grace upon your life. Okay, let me show you. Let me show you something else. Okay, look at go to Philippians. Because y'all looking to be like a cow at a new gate. I can tell y'all smart. Y'all, y'all like the saints of Berea. They, you want to see in the word. You're more noble than the other brethren. You want to search the scriptures to see if those things are true. That's, which is a good thing. Okay. Philippians, Paul says, let me see exactly where he says it. Okay. Hold on here. You got to work with me since, since, since y'all pulling all this out of me. And I didn't plan on teaching this, messing up my message. Okay. Paul says, I need to show you what he said. He said, you are partakers of my grace. Philippians first chapter. In verse 1 and verse 7. Philippians 1 and verse 7. Okay. Well let's start at verse 3. He says I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now. Philippians. You know Corinthians. First he said Paul rebuking these people. He rebuking them for fornicating. And lying and adultery. Paul said. He said y'all. Y'all just really jacked up. He said, y'all are one screwed up church. (laughs) He said, you're running around the church speaking in tongues one minute and sleeping, having an affair with your stepmother the next minute. Oh, all that's in Philippians. People are shocked when they read this kind of stuff or hear this kind of stuff because a lot of people are trying to take the word and always trying to beat up sinners with it. The word, particularly New Testament, wasn't written to sinners. It was written for the saints. Written for the church, he said, he, this is where Montel Jordan got it from. This is how we do it. <laughs> the New Testament written to say, this is how we do it. You saved now. Stop fornicating. He didn't say your body is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So go ahead, glorify God. He said, stop that. He said, stop acting like you got a reprobate mind. You don't know right from wrong. Okay, but Philippians is a thank you letter. Philippians is a partner letter. 
Philippians is a, is a, a, a thank you card, if you allow me to say, for what they've done. So Philippians 1, starting verse 3, says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. That's what every pastor wants to say by every member. I thank God upon every remembrance of, rather than say, oh, Lord, Jesus, what they want. He said, always in every prayer of mine for you or making requests with joy. He said, it's just a joy to pray for you and to speak God's blessing over you for your fellowship in the gospel from the beginning until now. In Philippians 4, he lets us know what that means. Fellowship in gospel means no church communicated with me regarding giving and receiving, but you, y'all are always sowing to me and sowing to my ministry. He says, so because you've done this, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, oh my goodness, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, most people look at this scripture and think of it from an eschatological standpoint, talking about Jesus coming back. That's not what he's saying. He said what God's done in you, what he's working on you right now, it's going to be manifested. He's going to keep increasing you. He's going to keep blessing the work of your hands until Jesus returns because of your connection with me and sowing to help me do what God's called me to do. Do you all see this? Look at this verse 7. Even as meat, meat means appropriate. It's appropriate for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart in so much, and he explains why again, in my bonds when I needed you and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, here we go. You are partakers of my grace. The other word for that word grace there is anointed. He said, because you connected to me through giving and receiving, you now are partakers of my grace. Oh, my goodness. Because you connected to me through your seed. You are partakers of my grace. Well, what 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 what's that got to do with seed? Go over to flipping the fourth chapter. Flipping the fourth chapter. Verse fourteen. He told me my bonds and again thanking them. Notwithstanding, you've done well that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I started my ministry, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. And he's, y'all know he ain't talking about sending emails, right? Okay. He said, communicate means getting involved with my need, connecting with me in that area, financially. He communicate with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. So we know he's talking about a, a relationship of reciprocity. I've been teaching about this for the last several years. And because when we came into 2020, I made a decision that unless the Lord specifically tells me, I'm not having any relationships that's not based upon reciprocity. Now, that doesn't mean money. Okay? If I got a friend and I got the money, when I'm with you, at least you get a laugh. Okay, I got to pay for the meal and counsel you the whole time. And we friends. I got to pay for the food and tell all the jokes. You don't, got, you don't have no funny in you. Everybody, what am I getting out of this? 
Come on. I mean, come on now. What am I? Every relationship should be based upon reciprocity. Okay. When Paul says this, he said, if I've sown unto you spiritual things, I got a right to receive from you. Carnal things are natural things. In that context, he's talking about material things and financial. But the principle is that when you give, you got a right to receive. Some people only want to receive and don't give. You have no right. Now, we know the mercy of God. The mercy of God is when God gives you what you don't deserve. Thank God his mercy endures forever. Because some of us, you should be shocked that you receive with your stingy self. Every time you receive, say, oh, my God is so good. I'm so unworthy because I don't do nothing for nobody. But God that blessed me anyway. That shouldn't have to be your testimony. Oh, come on now. Now watch this. Some of y'all are going to say, when you get blessed, you ought to say, man, that, that's my harvest coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's my heart. Because in at Ecclesiastes 11, in the morning, so you see, in the evening, you with, not, don't withhold your hand because you don't know which one going to come up or whether they be both alike good. Luke 6, 30, if I give, it's going to be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run over, shall bend, given to my bosom. One, one of my spiritual sons called me up last year in the midst of the pandemic and said, Pastor, I need to see you. Well, we church was church closed down. We wasn't seeing nobody. He said, Pastor, I need to get a seat in your hand. I said, well, you just put it in the mail. He said, well, Pastor, it's $20,000 it's it's 20, cash. I said, all right, I'll meet you where you need it. <laughs> Come on over to the house. <laughs> we got masks. We'll sanitize after you leave. The 2021 Direction Conference was three days of life-changing worship, word, and multi-generational faith. Conference hosts Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, along with conference guests Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Pastor John Jenkins, and Pastor Mark Baker, took us to another level in our faith, especially the faith that we pass down to generations after us. And you need to get that word today. To order today's message or the conference package, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Ask for the 2021 Direction Conference. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.